welcome to the Inland Sessions podcast. Today we're joined by Betsy Rogue, a charming three-piece folk ensemble from Spokane, Washington. Montgomery, I play fiddle and sing in the band. Hi, I'm Liz Ragnes. I play guitar and sing in the band as well. And I'm Gerilyn Harris. Uh, I play cello and mando cello and guitar, and I sing as well. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it today, taking time out of your busy schedule. Can I hear a little bit about how you found each other in music. Can you can you tell me about how Betsy Rogue formed? Maybe you would take this, Liz. Sure. Yeah, well, I've been a singer-songwriter locally in Spokane for a long time and have played solo. I've also played in kind of various iterations of different formations of bands. But I always wanted to start something a little bit new that was just a little bit different from the solo stuff that I'd been doing. And a little over a year, uh, year and a half ago, maybe, I was working on this after-school music program and with middle schoolers, and I needed some help from some teachers that I knew. Like, I, I needed to get some ideas, some, like, teaching ideas. And I knew both Heather and Gerilyn only minimally, but I knew them enough that I was able to reach out in Facebook Messenger and was like, hey, you're two really smart and seemingly awesome middle school teachers or teachers that work with middle schoolers in music and maybe you could help me think of some strategies for working with this after school group and and also would you maybe want to play some music sometime and they both responded almost immediately yes we'll come we can talk about music we can talk about teaching strategies and yes of course let's play music so then we all gathered very shortly after that like maybe sometime in the next week I think and we we gathered around and ate snacks and talked mm-hmm. about teaching and played music. And we've been playing together ever since. And how long ago was that? I think like a year and a half ago. It's like March of 2021. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how long ago that was. Is that <laughs> yeah. a year and a half or is it? I don't know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so that was how Betsy Rogue came together. Is there music specific to Betsy Rogue, or did you all bring in your individual compositions, or is it original to Betsy Rogue? We have kind of like a, a collection of songs that are original Betsy Rogue songs that are that have never been performed under any, any other name. We're playing some of my old stuff, too, but making it Betsy Rogue, so with this arrangement, um, so it sounds, sounds like us, and that's fun, and... Both Heather and Gerilyn have brought in some stuff. Um, Gerilyn brought in a song that they wrote that we actually performed on, or we, we um, yeah, we performed it on the uh, Inland Sessions. Oh my gosh, we're here for the podcast. <laughs> I'm like, what is it called again? Inland Sessions. Embarrassing. Yes. Um, yeah, so Gerilyn brought in a song that we have learned, and Heather has a fiddle tune that we're going to be working on pretty soon. That's pretty cool. And 
I think the more we keep doing this, the more we'll bring in more new stuff. And we're always wanting to do like a band retreat where we can just sit down and write a bunch of songs together. But it's hard to find time because we're all teachers and parents. But that is something for sure that we want to do. We've dreamed about just coming up with, um, what did we call it? Like rage harmonies and yeah. feminist rage harmonies in yeah. our all night bender where we stay up until like 11 o'clock. Yes. <laughs> Railing against the patriarchy and writing music. Yeah. Yes. That sounds nice. That's what we're all about. Yeah. <laughs> so can I ask you, since all three of you are educators, what was the importance of early music education in your lives? And did that have anything to do with why you decided to be music educators? It was sort of a combination for me of my mom uh, was a music teacher and is a wonderful pianist, just an amazing musician. We still sing in a choir together. Um, And so that was inspirational. I kind of thought about doing some science thing, but then after a while, I was like, yeah, I should be a music teacher. I also didn't have a great, like, high school music experience and sort of spent a lot of time sitting there like, oh, this is what we should be doing. And then after a while, you're like, oh, maybe I'll do that. (laughs) Then go teach kids the way that they, you know, a good way to learn to play music. So, Thank you, Heather. Um, What about you, Gerilyn? Yeah, um, music for me was like a source of identity and and through that, like a source of safety as a a middle schooler, high schooler. Um, And I had really awesome music teachers uh, who kind of showed me like if you can just get out of this like small town where people kind of suck and you don't fit in very well like you'll find your people and so like music will be your vehicle for that um and so I think I knew by the time I was like 15 or 16 that I wanted to be a music teacher and because I had those amazing teachers they gave me a lot of opportunities to do like mentoring with younger students or like um, projects with conducting and stuff like that and um so yeah, I've been been on the music teacher track for a long time, and it's basically the best job in the world. And you, Liz? Yeah. How did you come to music education, and what was your early music experience? Yeah, well, um, so now in my sort of like day day job, I'm actually an English teacher. I grew up like on a farm in the literally in the middle of nowhere, and we didn't have a lot of music education resources in the town that I grew up in or in the school that I that I grew up in. We didn't have an orchestra. There wasn't like um, you know bigger sort of community music organizations. Like there wasn't you know a symphony or that I I don't even think there was like a community band or anything like that um, because the town was so small and. Um, it just, it just wasn't in that little town. So I didn't see a lot of that growing up, but I loved music and took piano lessons. I'm very lucky that I was able to do that, um, uh, from a young age and joined the band and I was in marching band and loved it so much. And, um, you were like the band queen, right? I was what we called the the band queen. The band queen. Yes. I don't know if that is a title that exists anywhere else except for the tiny little town that I grew up in. And I also thank you for bringing that up because I do feel... I wasn't going to let it go by. Yeah. I feel like it's something I need to work into conversation more often. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yes, I was the band queen and uh, and sang in the choir uh, in high school and loved music so much. And I went... My undergrad degree actually is in music. So I went and studied music in undergrad. And uh, my music journey is long and bumpy and 
um, in some ways unusual, but uh, I am an educator because I really truly believe that young people need access to the arts and the humanities. And for me, music and writing and literature are all um, pieces of the same puzzle that work to show kids more about the world, teach them who they are, help them relate to stories that um, maybe they hadn't heard before or that maybe make them understand themselves better. And I think both music and literature can do that. So even though I'm, I'm an English teacher, playing music, like for me, they feel so connected in so many ways. Well, not just playing music, but also writing music. Yeah, yeah. What was music like in your guys' household? And how does your family feel about pursuing music professionally? I've got a song about this that I don't think I've played for you guys yet. It's called Dusty Guitar. And it's about like, having my head in the stars, but I've got a dusty guitar. And, um, and that's great. And who cares if I have a lot of debt, and I'm not making money, because it's fun to be an artist. Um, but there's a line that's like, what are you going to do with an arts degree? Family asks me because because <laughs> at the time uh, it was when I was like studying music and my dad is a business guy. He's a farmer and a business guy. And um, so uh, and my family are business people, although also there are musicians in my family, too. And they have been very supportive of me choosing this artist the artist degrees of which I have a few so they didn't try and talk you out of it no they didn't try to talk me out of it and I think it helps that I I I'm teaching so I have like you know this steady job and steady income and I'm really thankful for that I feel very lucky that I have that position what about you Gerilyn um music was a, a huge part of my family's um just the way that we spent time because uh, I grew up in a religious tradition that uh, music was a kind of a central part of. I think my family was probably half of the church choir. Um, And so there was was always singing. Um, My parents sang to us when we were kids. Um, And my older siblings um, were more more into the athlete, uh, athletic stuff. And my younger sister uh, played piano and viola. And so we played a lot together. We were close in age and also just close in like temperament, like we didn't fight. We were just, we got along really well. Um, so connecting with my sister through music was a really like important part of my childhood. And still, um, we still, now when she comes to visit, we'll play and sing together and, and that's really fun. But I think I said before about how um, it was a source of identity and also safety, like being a musician and being um, a kind of a good musician was that safety factor with my family because uh, I didn't feel that they were super proud of me in any other area, but music was like, oh, that's the thing that, that Gerilyn's good at. And so that created that sense of like, I can belong in my family as long as I'm good at something. And that something was music. That kind of comes to my next question, which is I'm kind of wondering how each of you found music as like one of your languages, where you really discovered the how deep music can go and started really deciding to commit yourself to it. Um, Gerilyn, would you start? Yeah, I think, I mean, I, my, my whole sensory system feels really geared toward music in, in a way that like music is just in me and have, having a vehicle to get it out through, um, through playing an instrument or through singing just helps me relate to other people in a way that I can't 
or that I don't believe I do very well verbally, but I think I relate really well musically. I, I learned pro probably early on in high school that I could play by ear really well um, and that that wasn't a normal thing among my peers or in my family. So being able to, to like translate feelings through hearing things, like hearing my feelings and also hearing something exact and then repeating that out. So I, I think I people called me like the human karaoke machine because I could sit at the piano and they would say, okay, like do this one. And then I'd listen inside of my head and then play it. And so having that music as a language helped me relate not just to other people, to myself as well. And when I went to college and started studying music um, more seriously and getting to put a lot of time into it, that really developed, I guess you could say, the vocabulary of um, relating to self, relating to others, relating to the world, and doing all of that through my understanding of, of music. Wow. What about you, Liz? Yeah. I never could do that playing by ear thing very well and always um, wished that I could and uh, it's a skill I work on. But, um, um, but I really relate to that feeling of being able to um, use music as a way to like express myself or express some sort of emotion that I'm feeling. I think when I was a young person, I didn't have, especially like as a, an angsty teen on a farm in Iowa, um, and I didn't have the language to talk about, you know, who I was or how I was feeling. And um, I struggled with uh, a lot of things as a young person. Um, I feel comfortable saying this. I'm in recovery from an eating disorder, and that was like part of my growing up that was like a really sort of challenging part of you know my experience and um and I didn't know really how to articulate these sort of big feelings that I had because I like I said I wasn't I didn't see um I didn't see it modeled so much in the arts in my community and also in the midwest like people don't talk about things you just sort of like you know it, you stuff you, it down. You stuff it down, or you pretend that it's not there. And um, for me, music was a way to kind of express myself, and I was able to write these like angsty songs or play really loud pieces on the piano that I just loved, like you know, um, banging octaves in my left hand, and just <laughs> I was able to express anger. I, I think it's also kind of like a gendered thing because in the time period that I grew up not like it was like wasn't like 100 years ago <laughs> but um but in in sort of the culture of where I grew up like it still felt very like little girls and young girls are not supposed to be loud and make noise and be angry and so music was a way for me to get to do all of that and that felt so it felt so good I even remember my parents had to move the piano into a room with a door that shut because they were like, she's so loud. <laughs> but it felt so good. I think that's, that's to answer the question, kind of how I came to understand music as a way of expressing something that I otherwise didn't have language for. Sounds like an avenue to freedom. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. What about you, Heather? How did it work for you finding music as your language? I feel like it was always like... There's, you know, from when I was tiny, like singing while my mom played piano and then um, taking piano lessons and then joining orchestra in fifth grade. Um, but it just always felt like my people, too. Like, I'm not super athletic. And, um, <laughs> and but, uh, but I'm good at sight reading and, um, you know, singing and stuff. So music felt like my 
my group of people that I could relate to. And um, especially once I got into like youth symphony in school and like started playing high level music, I just really love being a part of an orchestra and or a band, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, making music with other people just has always been one of my happiest times. Um, how does it compare with you personally playing music by yourself versus playing with a group of people and feeling that synergy? I always would rather be playing with other people, like compared to playing alone. It's just more fun to have harmony. And I, my main instrument is viola, and there are viola solos, but I would much rather play the viola part in a symphony. Liz, since you kind of came to this project with a lot of projects under your belt and working with a lot of different people as well as being a solo singer-songwriter, how has working with these two partners uh, in this band, Betsy Rogue, changed your songwriting for this band? I love working with Geraldine and Heather. They are so incredibly talented and it is just a delight to get to make music with these two. I'm like always so amazed that I get to do this. It feels like like I feel so lucky. But I think, you know, now when I'm thinking about songs, I'm thinking about what it'll sound like in this specific arrangement. Our vocal harmonies, I think my favorite thing that we do is the singing three-part harmonies. And so, you know, uh, kind of coming at it, thinking about that, the specific arrangement that we have. And then, and then also in terms of like content of the song, like I think we're all on the same page about the kinds of messages that we want to convey and share so it feels so natural to be able to bring them songs that are about everything from like heartbreak to the pandemic to I just wrote this song about a book club that's also like kind of this like cheeky I don't know how would you phrase it kind of cheeky flirty song it's like Mm -hmm. using all these double entendres and it's funny but um (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it's funny. I hope it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but then to our the like rage harmony that we are um, dreaming of creating to rail against the patriarchy. So <laughs> all of those things kind of work together to make it feel like just a really good fit. And I've had experiences in this band where I can just not really worry about what's happening when we're all playing together and sort of disappear into the music. And that is not something that has always been easy for me to access because I run kind of anxious and worry about like, what are they thinking? Do they, are are they thinking I'm out of tune? Are they thinking I'm like, you know, oh, they're judging me right now. But I'm, I have experiences with these two where I just get to like not worry about any of that and disappear into the music. And it feels amazing. Well, this seems like a perfect time to perhaps bring out the instruments and see if we can kind of hear you right here in the Inland Sessions podcast room. This is called Come Down Sundown. truck and I threw as hard as I could the last of the little and the last of the big and I did what I should oh the impact broke the wood and it made me feel so to the city. 
I said goodbye to the life I was never gonna have And I drove the truck all night Took a little bit of time But I made up my mind when I ran out of fight And it made me feel alright Oh, it made me feel alright pop quiz with you Liz before we maybe play another song which is do you remember the first song you ever wrote or can you play us a part of the oldest song in your repertoire I do remember I think well probably I was writing songs like as a little kid but the first song I remember writing on guitar was one for my sister when we were probably like I don't know 12 or something I don't remember exactly how it went but it was some it was some song for her and um, I adore her and she lives very far away but um, I'm gonna go see her soon for her 40th birthday so I'm gonna try to remember that song and see if I can sing it for her yeah that's a gift to bring to her yeah what about uh, a part of a song that's the oldest one in your repertoire what's the oldest song you remember oh my gosh oh you've been writing songs a while (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm, it is kind of a pop quiz because, um, I do remember, I guess, like, let me think. When I really started writing songs and kind of performing them, I think, oh, I wrote like a real sweet, cheesy love song. 
as like one of the first songs that I started performing. Uh, trying to, I'm literally trying to remember. It's like, um, uh, it's like, oh gosh. It was like real jewel inspired. Oh no, it was like, it was 6-8. I hope it wasn't. It was, uh... There you go. Thank you. <laughs> but I can't... I don't know. I don't remember the words. Something like that. remember it was like a real cheesy sort of just sweet little lullaby love song that's I think one of the first ones I wrote really I would like to take a poll of musicians and songwriters of how many songs the first song is a love song (laughs) it was that cheesy love song (laughs) those feelings are so big you have to do something with that you have to do something with that Mm -hmm. all right thank you so much do you have another song prepared to play with us or for us today you got sure. No, yeah. Okay. Let me take a sip of water. <clears throat> yeah. Prepare yourselves. Okay. I don't know if I've ever like performed this sitting down, but <laughs> you can okay. stand. Weird. You you can stand. We can well, we can move the mic. No, it's okay. Okay. I'm just gonna move the chair back a little so I can yeah. sit on the edge of it. Right, my music educator friends. Mm-hmm. That yeah. would give me a little more room <laughs> to sit up to chair. <laughs> okay. Front half of your chair. Okay. (laughs) All right. You ready? (laughs) Well, I cried and I cried in the morning sun, walking down the road. Took a long, long night sleeping on the floor, and I wanted to get home. Feeling sorry for myself, pitiful and frail. The morning after they led me out. Hennepin County Jail. I felt a presence by my side. A gentleman was there. He said, I just want to check on you. I don't mean to scare. I said, I'm a rotten human being because I've been doing time. The gentleman wiped my tears. Then he said, so kind. I don't care whether I locked you up. I don't care what you've done. If you're going the way I Walk with someone Cheer up honey, it's a beautiful day You don't have to go far The sun is gonna shine on you No matter how bad you are But what a funny coincidence that I am 
too. I don't care where they locked you up, I don't care what you've done. If you're going the way I am, you could walk with someone. Cheer up, honey, it's a beautiful day. You don't have to go far. The sun is gonna shine on you no matter how bad you are. That's how I found my way with another criminal that day. And why I always say, I don't care why they locked you up, I don't care what you've done. If you're going the way I am, you could walk with someone. Cheer up, honey, it's a beautiful day. You don't have to go far. The sun is gonna shine on you no matter how bad you are. The sun is gonna shine on you no matter how bad you are. One thing that our listeners can't see is how big you're all smiling while you're playing that track. <laughs> that one is so fun to play. Um, when we first started, like the first time that I brought it to uh, Heather and Geraldine, almost immediately they were like, they sat down and like worked out a strings part. And it was so much fun to just out of nowhere, like this instrumental solo was there and it was so much fun to see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and at the, at the end of the summer, we um, performed side by side with the Spokane um, Youth Symphony Camp. Um, I conduct one of the orchestras, and Heather was previously the conductor yeah. <laughs> of the, one of those orchestras. Um, and so I had this idea to, like, I wanted to collaborate with some local artists, and I thought, why, why don't I just collaborate with myself? And um, so I wrote out um, my part and Heather's part that we play, but for the kids to play along with us, and we did it outside on the grass um, at the front of Holy Names Music Center. And that was just such a cool, like, it was so fun. It was like the best Venn diagram overlap of my life ever. Yes. <laughs> like, with kids, with my friends, mm-hmm. playing music, it was awesome. It was yeah. amazing. Um, Gerilyn uh, arranged uh, arranged the song for the Spokane Youth Symphony, and so we were able to play along with how many how many kids were playing with us? It was about forty. Yeah, kids. it was 40, 45 kids. It was it was just a delight. It was incredible. Is there anything that you feel any of you would like to add as a button on this conversation? We just recorded a live uh, collection of live songs that we um, are hoping to put out as a little EP. So that's something that will be coming up in the future. We otherwise haven't yet recorded anything. So uh, it's very exciting for us to be here and to get to do Inland Sessions um, but yeah, it, coming up for us will hopefully be a little live EP, and then hopefully in the future we'll get to keep doing that kind of thing. Well, how can people find out more about Betsy Rogue and how to see you live or how to get your recordings or uh, continue this relationship? Yes, we would love to continue this relationship with um, all of you who are wanting to consent to that as well. <laughs> <laughs> we have an Instagram page, which is Betsy Rogue Band and a Facebook page. Um, I'm working on uh, setting up a website for us, uh, so that, that that should be going live soon with more information about our gigs, our upcoming gigs. And we do have upcoming gigs, um, and we're performing at the Fall Folk Festival 
in November, which will be really exciting. There's a whole bunch of local folk musicians and dancers and um, a number of different um, performances that are happening at that too. That's exciting. And we'll keep we'll keep updating our social media and get that website up and running so people can check out what else is coming up for us. Well, since all three of you are educators, I'm sure you have plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of joke I tell. Well, thank you so much. We've spent this time with Heather, with Liz, with Gerilyn, with Betsy Rowe. Thank you again so much for your time. You have been listening to a KSPS production recorded in Spokane, Washington. For more information about Inland Sessions, to watch back episodes, or if you'd like to learn how your support of KSPS, PBS, and public television turns into more great programming that explores local arts and culture while promoting civic health and lifelong learning, please visit ksps.org. Thank you.